0: Over there. So, amen. Appreciate that. Let's take our Bibles tonight. Uh, We're going to be in Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24. We've been preaching on Sunday night for the last few weeks. Uh, I try to, uh, at least once a year, do some type of preaching on the family. And uh, so, how we're doing it this time, uh, we're just kind of going through, taking a journey through the Bible, looking at some couples of the Bible, and uh, trying to learn some things about them and their life, their marriage, some Bible principles that we can apply uh, to our lives. And so, uh, uh, two weeks ago when I preached, we preached about uh, Abraham and Sarah. And so, uh, tonight we're going to talk for just a few moments on Isaac and Rebecca. So, if you find your place, or stand with me, if you will, for the reading of the Word of God. We'll begin reading in verse 63, and we'll read down through verse 67. The Bible says, And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebecca lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. For she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It's my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the Word of God, the Scripture, and I pray you'd speak to us through it tonight. We need to hear from you. And God, I thank you for uh, allowing us to be here. Thank you, Lord, for the great testimonies we heard. And Lord, I pray that you were glorified and honored, Lord. That was our, our goal, our intent, was to lift you up and to praise your name. And Lord, I pray to continue to work in our midst, Lord. We're thankful for what's been done there's still a lot to do Lord there's still more people to be reached and more folks that need help God so I pray you'd help us to keep going forward bless us we pray we thank you in Jesus name Amen thank you you may be seated of course, if you back it up a couple chapters, uh, you find that uh, Abraham, one of the things that he wanted to make sure of, was that Isaac married the right woman. And uh, so, uh, uh, if, if you go go back the previous chapter, you read about how Isaac, or I'm sorry, Abraham sent a servant uh, to uh, his family to try to find a wife for his son Isaac. And, uh, and by the way, that chapter is a wonderful picture of how the Holy Spirit uh, works in people's lives and draws them to the Father, draws them to the Master, and. Uh, a lot of a, a lot of spiritual parallels there, but yes, finally uh, Abraham's servant uh, found uh, uh, this lady named Rebecca, and she agreed to come and uh, marry Isaac. And by the way, talk about uh, uh, sight unseen, right? And literally, she agreed to come and marry Isaac, and never met him before. Aren't you glad we don't live by Jewish custom anymore? Amen. And there is a difference between Jewish custom and Bible principle, and so. Uh, but uh, uh, but I uh, Rebecca came and uh, saw Isaac for the first time, and that's. That's what we see right here. Those verses I read to you uh, was how that uh, when she saw him and uh, Isaac was out. The Bible says meditating in the field. And uh, by the way, uh, uh, that speaks to as we as men uh, ought to uh, have our minds disciplined to the things of the Lord. Amen. And Isaac was thinking, and and obviously he knew that that the servant was going to try to find him a wife, and and he was trying to you know make sure his thoughts were right and thoughts were proper. When when this uh, lady finally came to him and. And what a, a wonderful picture here of this marriage, of this delightful marriage. And by the way, it started out as a good marriage, a delightful marriage. And I think it's interesting, if you read about this, is that uh, Rebecca, uh, when she was going to see Isaac for the first time, notice what it says, therefore she took a veil and covered herself. Amen? What contrast to people today. Amen? When they're trying to get a male's attention, they don't cover themselves, they uncover themselves, but yet Rebecca covered herself, and uh, it's just a picture of of this marriage being sacred, and this marriage being right, this marriage being sanctioned by God, and this marriage being delightful. And so we see here a delightful marriage. Uh, uh, Keep reading about Isaac and Rebekah, we see a devoted marriage. Go to uh, Genesis chapter 25, uh, one chapter over there, and uh, look here at verse uh, 21, and it says this, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. Now the Bible tells us, of course, that Isaac loved his wife, but you know what? She had a problem. Uh, she could not bear children. And uh, you know what, folks? You know what you're going to find out. Even in good Christian homes, you're going to find out that your marriage sometimes may have some problems. And uh, listen, folks, uh, just because you're a devoted Christian and you're devoted to your spouse doesn't mean that uh, you know your marriage here and there. You know why? Because two sinners are married together. Amen? And you know what? You just find out that not just sometimes problems within, but problems from without. And listen, folks, hey, problems are just a part of life. Burdens are a part of life, right? Hey, hearing things that uh, break your heart sometimes are just a part of life. And let me tell you something. God put two people together so that through those burdens and through those times of difficulties, you can work together through them. You know what that takes? It takes devotion. And we see here that Isaac, he could have gotten mad at God. I mean, you know what? If he, if he would have, uh, were alive today, maybe he would have started criticizing, getting on social media and start posting a bunch of negative things because, you know what? Uh, God's unfair. Here I am, Isaac, the son of Abraham, and my wife is barren. Now the Bible doesn't tell us exactly everything that went into that. All it tells us is that Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. And you know what? I think that's, that shows the devotion that they had toward one another. Amen. Hey, when they encountered a problem, they, they, they did the thing they should have done. They took it to God. If you're going to have a devoted marriage, you know what we must do as as Christians uh, when it comes to our marriages and and, and the things we encounter, and problems, difficulties, hey, take them to God, amen? By the way, don't allow problems to push you away from God. Allow them to pull you closer to God. By the way, Satan, that's his, one of his master things. You know what he wants you to do? He wants you to blame God and get mad at God. Anytime something happens, you don't think you understand in life. By the way, there's a lot of things in life that happen that I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't understand. Listen, if I were God, I wouldn't have done it that way. But guess what? I'm not God and neither are you. Amen? By the way, what God does... The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. And you know, there's times in life where you're just going to have to stop uh, trying to figure it out and start trusting. Amen? Now listen, that's easy to agree with and say "Man, to when it ain't your life that's going through those things. But I'm telling you, it's coming today, it will, amen? And you know, your devotion toward one another as husband and wives, and your devotion toward God will be put to the test. And so what are you going to do when you face those problems? Are you going to quit on your marriage? Are you going to give up? I mean, are you going to accuse? Are you going to, you know, God forbid, start throwing the D word around? I'll be honest with you folks, uh, my my, uh, uh, personal testimony here. Both my grandparents, uh, on both sides, are in heaven now. And my my grandfather, my my dad's dad, uh, he was a pastor his whole life. And in fact, uh, uh, I have pictures of him there in my office. Most of the books in my office, a lot of them came from his library. And uh, as I would become an older teenager, he began to, uh, you know, he knew God's calling is on my life, invested in me a little bit. But, you know, uh, uh, my my grandparents uh, didn't have the most uh, best marriage uh, uh, that was, you know, the picturesque perfect of a marriage, and you know what, they had some difficulties, they had some problems, my grandmother had some health problems, and because of that, there were some difficulties, but you know what, my grandfather stayed faithful to her, even when it may not have been easy, he stayed faithful all through the years. By the way, when the Lord took her of cancer in 1998, he was with her right there, amen, preached his wife's funeral. By the way, he just didn't preach his wife's funeral, he preached his 15-year-old son's funeral back in the 70s, he preached his 40-year-old daughter's funeral back in the 90s, and still stayed faithful to God. Amen? Even through the difficulties. And you know, I stayed faithful to my grandmother. And folks, I'm just saying, uh, you've got to decide that your marriage is going to have to be devoted. Amen? By the way, when you get up and before God and witnesses, you know what you say? You say something. You say vows. Right? By the way, those aren't just filler words. Right? And by the way, I'm not a big proponent of people writing their own vows. Okay? Because you can't really improve on vows that are Bible-based. Now, if you've done that, that's fine. I'm not, not I'm not, mad at you or whatever. But if you want me to have a part in your marriage, listen, we're going to do it God's way. We're going to say what the Bible has to say about vowing, amen? And those vows mean something, right? And so uh, we need to be de- uh, devoted. But you know what we find out, unfortunately, that this marriage of Isaac and Rebekah that started out right, that was delightful, that was devoted. You know what you see now? You see it become divided. Look, if you will, there in verse 28 of uh, Genesis chapter 25. Of course, some time has gone by. In fact, probably more than likely from uh, verse um, uh, 20 that we just read, uh, or verse uh, uh, 19, 20 we just read, all the way down to here has been uh, probably around 40 years. So some time has gone by, okay? But look what we see here, verse 28. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. Good reason to love somebody, amen? No, just kidding, all right? But Rebekah loved Jacob. And man, you know what you begin to read in here, as you begin to start reading about Isaac, or I'm sorry, Jacob and Esau and Isaac and Rebekah? You know what you read? Division. Division. By the way, somewhere along the line, something happened. God doesn't give us the details on it. But you know what you find? That this marriage become divided. By the way, we know that's true, because as Jacob connived to steal the blessing, by the way, guess who was feeding him all that stuff? Mama was. Right? Trying to play one son against the other son to deceive daddy. That's called a divided home. Amen? And you know what? That's not the way it ought to be. And by the way, God doesn't want our homes divided. Right? God wants our homes united. Just like He wants His church united. Amen? And uh, I think we experienced that through these testimonies tonight. But the unity of the Holy Spirit of God. By the way, Satan hates it. He hates unity. Amen? He hates it. And that's why his number one plan to destroy a church, we actually heard some testimonies tonight of some, some of you folks who belong to other churches, who those churches are no longer, or if they are, they're a shell of their former selves. And let me tell you, more than likely, if you could trace all that back, you'd start peeling the layers of the onion back, you know what you find out? Satan got in and caused division. Amen? And let me tell you something, folks, if we're going to make it seven years, eight years, nine years, years till Jesus comes, we've got to stay united. Amen? And by the way, not this stupid, hey, let's join hands, uh, sing kumbaya, we are the world garbage. I'm not talking about the world's unity. I'm talking about biblical unity. And let me tell you what, we, we, we unite around the Word of God. Amen. That's what we unite around. Thus saith the Lord. Amen? And let me tell you something, if it's true for a church, it's true for a home. Right. right? And let me just say this, don't let Satan get in and divide that home. That means this, dads, guess what? You gotta be the spiritual leaders of your home. Mamas, you need to get behind daddy as he's trying to lead him. Back him up. Amen? He ain't always gonna get it right, but you back him up anyway. Right? And you stay, uh, 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 stay united in your marriage and don't let saint get in and divide. And I'm gonna tell you something. It, once division gets in, it, it just... There. Because then what you see, you see a deceptive marriage. Look, if you will, in Genesis chapter 27 over uh, a couple, uh, a couple more, uh, another chapter here, a couple more verses, Genesis chapter twenty-seven. Alright, oh my goodness. <laughs> so, remember I told you my Bible was falling apart right here? I think the page I need to read off of is this one right here, alright? I've got to get a different Bible. I guess if your preacher's Bible's falling apart, that's a good thing, right? Uh, what, what's the old saying? A, a Bible falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't, right? And so, uh, all that to say, I'll be upgrading soon, okay? So I'm going to read right here off the script. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 27, and uh, look what he says here, uh, beginning in verse 22. And Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not because his hands were Harry's, his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. You know what that's called? Deception. Amen? And by the way, you know where that was, was learned from? It was learned from what they saw, at least for Mama. No doubt Isaac probably had a, a part in some of that stuff too. Amen? But you know what? A deceptive marriage. And notice how this thing keeps going down and down and down. Amen? Now, folks, let me just say this, all right? One of the most important parts of building relationship, particularly when it comes to marriage, is honesty and trust. Honesty and trust. Listen, folks, you've got to be honest with one another. Right? Listen, there should be no secrets in a marriage. Right? No secrets. Okay? Listen, if if you're trying to hide something from your spouse, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Listen, everything about your personal life ought to be an open book to your spouse. Open book. Okay, my wife knows it. She does it a lot, and I'm good with it. Okay? My wife knows the passcode of my phone, and truth be told, most, a lot of people probably do. I don't even care. I ain't got nothing to hide. Right? The only reason I have a passcode on my phone is in case I would lose it and someone else would look at it. You know, they'd steal all of my $20 in my savings account. So, um, uh, but, uh, but you know what? My wife knows a passcode on my phone. And you know what? She gets on my phone anytime she wants. In fact, she's always saying to me, man, you have so many things open on your phone, okay? Now, you know why? Part of the reason I do that is because I don't mind her knowing where I've been. I got nothing to hide, right? In fact, anybody right now I'll unlock my phone. You can look through. You can look through my phone. I ain't got nothing to hide. You can look at my internet history. You can read my text messages. Well, maybe not those, but at least the ones to her, right? <laughs> you might get a little embarrassed, right? But no, I might get a little embarrassed. Listen, folks, all that to say, okay, no secrets, okay. Don't let that st- stuff come in your marriage, okay. If you're trying to hide something, something's wrong. Amen. Because deception. Remember something. Satan's number one tool is deception. Right? He doesn't want to be opposite of God. He wants to be so much like God, he can deceive people into thinking he is God. In fact, I say it, I say it often, I believe it's true. If if Satan and his and his angel of light and Jesus Christ was standing right here, most people wouldn't tell him apart. Because that's how much he wants to be like him to deceive. Amen? So all that to say, uh, if, if you have division in your marriage, it can quickly... Now, I want you to look here Genesis chapter 27, verse 46. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us that Isaac and Rebekah's marriage was completely destroyed. But I will say this. Once you hear the end of sending Jacob away, okay, you don't hear anything else about their marriage until Isaac died. And so, notice what it says here in Genesis chapter 27, verse 46. And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life. Because of the daughters of Heth, these are the two girls that Esau married. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as that which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? Now, again, you don't necessarily see the fact that you know, you know, their marriage imploding, and and you know, I don't even know if they had divorce back in those days or whatever, but you don't necessarily see that. But you see here, because of all the sins catching up, you know what you find out. Rebecca, in a time of life where she should be enjoying her husband, enjoying her, her family, her, her, her daughter-in-laws, her grandkids, instead is weary of her own life. You know why? Because of somewhere along the line Satan got in, and it didn't get dealt with. Amen? And folks, I, let, me, let me say this. I don't want to see Satan destroy any marriages in this church. I don't want to see it happen. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, okay? I'm going to sound the warning, uh, the warning signal on something. You go to this church, Satan's after you. All those things we testified about tonight, bragging on God, praising God, I said what I said on purpose, Satan heard it. And I'm going to tell you something, he's got a plan to try to destroy you and destroy your family and destroy your marriage. He's got a plan. Now, I'm not saying he can do it. In fact, he can't win a battle unless we hand him the victory. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And why do you think I've been preaching on Sunday morning about what's right behind me? Victory, overcoming, in faith. Okay? You can have the right kind. You can literally have a heaven-on-earth marriage if you want it. Amen? But you know what? Satan ain't just going to let you have it. you got to fight for it. you got to apply Bible principles. We've got to walk with God. We've got to put on the spiritual armor and do the battle God wants for us to do. And I'm going to say this. I don't want to see any destroyed families, any destroyed marriages in this church. I don't want to see it. And I'm going to work hard as your pastor to preach right and teach right and invest in you so that don't happen. But you know what? It could. By the way, my marriage is susceptible to it. Every marriage is susceptible to it. Unfortunately, you know how many pastors that I've heard whose marriages have imploded somewhere along the lines because Satan got in, amen? That's why I implored for you to pray for me as your pastor. I need your prayers, folks, I'm telling you, amen? I'm made out of the same flesh you are. Okay. And I got to fight the same battles you got to fight, maybe a little bit more, because Satan comes after men of God, right? And I'm not whining. I'm not complaining. I'm just, a, I'm imploring for your prayer. Amen. But listen to me. I don't want to see Satan get in and destroy any marriages. And you know what? I don't think you do either. Amen. So that's why as Christians, we need to do what Jesus said. In fact, let's let's close by going over here. Famous passage of Scripture. I don't think we sung about it this morning, uh, but we normally do. Matthew chapter 7. And I love this passage. Of course, this is Jesus closing out the Sermon on the Mount and uses that wonderful illustration about that song that we sing every Sunday morning or most Sunday mornings about the wise man and the foolish man. And notice here what he says in chapter 7 verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, here it is right here, folks, and doeth them. Doeth them. I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not. By the way, isn't that interesting? Both people hear. So the distinguishing matter isn't the fact that you're here just necessarily hearing. I'm thankful that you're here hearing. I'm thankful that you expose yourself to the Word of God and listen, but that's not the distinguishing matter. What, according to these verses, is the distinguishing matter, whether or not you take what you hear and do it. Because if you do it, your house will be found upon a rock, and when the rains come and the winds blow, and they're going to come, your house will stand because it was founded upon the right foundation. And if you hear and you don't do, then guess what? Gonna be just like that foolish man, and everybody help me here. And the house on the stand went what? Splat. And I don't want anybody's life or marriages or homes going splat. But you know what? It's up to you. Amen? It's up to me. Whether or not we apply the Bible principles and do them, all right, and live them out in our life. And so. Rebecca and Isaac, yes, they were part of the great Christian heritage. Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob that always gets talked about. But truth be told, their marriage really wasn't that great. Didn't end that great at least. Amen? And so, let's, let's apply these things and have the right kind of homes. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight.